Introducing Mortgage Matters. He has no idea how bad it is out there. He has no idea. A show dedicated to helping you navigate a challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. The economy continues to face numerous difficulties. Now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage. live outrage. from the KVEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? Talking it's about, time for Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters. Good morning, San Luis Obispo, and welcome to Mortgage Matters. This is Mike Points I'm here with Dan Podesto today, and Jim, as always. <laughs> Thank Jim you, Mike. <laughs> Jim Clay. And Dan is somewhere Dan is just outside. filling up his cup of coffee. He's uh, uh, going to be here at any moment. I'm going to take okay. a moment here to... That's live radio, though. See, we, we have we to go at 9.05. Yeah. Yeah, whether they're here or not. That's right. Listen, so here we are. Saying, where is he? <laughs> yeah, we wanted to. Um, I know we're we're gonna. I'm just gonna lay out a quick agenda for what we'll talk yeah. about today. I know Dan is gonna want to talk about the job report from March. Um, we've got taxes right around the corner, and you know, more importantly, we've got more good weather. Wouldn't you say, Jim? More good we weather. Got great weather, I guess. You know, it depends on how you look at it. We could use some of that wet stuff falling from the sky we had the other day again. One could argue that the bad weather hurt the jobs report last Mm -hmm. month, but um, the good weather has brought my in-laws here to town. We're going to do all types of planning today after the show. So if there's any way you could make the show take longer, Jim, maybe like 45 minutes or an hour, Uh, the planning might be done by the time I get home. (laughs) Well, Jason's not here today, so it might actually be compacted. (laughs) Right. Right. But uh, somebody, somebody just sat down next to you. That's right. Welcome, Dan Podesto. (laughs) I told you I was cutting it close, huh? (laughs) How's Uh, everyone doing? What'd I miss? We were just starting the show, getting the listeners, uh, giving a quick agenda to listeners. I should mention, we have a guest, second half of our show today, Jessica Steely of Seams & Co., a very well-known builder here in in San Luis Obispo County. I'm really excited to have... Her on. She's a great professional. Um, I got a chance to meet with her this week. I'm just, she's the type of person that San Luis Obispo needs to keep around. A young professional, got a good head on her shoulders. As, as far as it goes, um, you know, that's a company that's building nonstop, building new construction, and she's at the head of most of their game plan. Well, I'm really excited to have her, and I'm re- excited for the listeners to be able to call and ask her questions and hear what she has to say. Yeah, if I remember correctly, too, they um, they really specialize in some green building techniques as well. They do. They do. Yeah. yeah. I would call them the honest builders. They're all about upfront giving you what it's really going to cost, how we're going to get it done, and being a partner with you. So, um, that's again, that's Jessica Steely of Seams & Co. She's going to be on the second half of the show today. So, Dan, where do we get this thing started? Well, I want to first remind all the people driving out in Morro Bay that there are still traffic laws, even though it's yard sale weekend. Um, okay. We still park on the right side of the road. <laughs> there is still no double parking. If you're in the middle of the road, you have to keep moving. It's, I mean, in. it's just a rule of the road. You can't stop in the middle of the road when people are behind you. Right. She called in on Motor Mouse. We were doing the pet peeves segment today. Oh, pet peeve is is that yard sale weekend comes around this weekend every year and you can tell immediately when you hop on any residential street because people are driving um 
I, I don't want to be mean. People aren't driving well. Sure. People just aren't driving well. So the city of Morro Bay decides that everyone should have a yard sale on this weekend. It's a coordinated effort. Yeah, it's actually, okay. I, I think it's coordinated through the Chamber of Commerce. Okay. Um, but yeah, they, you know, they, they produce a map. They get everyone right. on the thing. It's, it's publicized. They advertise for it. So a lot okay. of people actually come into town for the Pretty weekend. Um, so we just lost half of our listeners. They are out the door now. Well, you know, they're just, <laughs> it's going to be more um, intermittent type of listening today. Okay. Okay. You know, while you're out driving around, obey the traffic laws. Don't double park. Um, and make sure to tune into Mortgage Matters for the full two hours today. Yeah, as you garage sale hop. Correct. There we How go. How great could that be? There's going to be so much going on. Tell us about a deal. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I also um, have a little announcement. I think back seven years ago, and it was this second weekend in April that Mortgage Matters first aired. So Bravo. This is your anniversary. This is a seven-year anniversary, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I think it was actually April 12th um, was the date of the first show, April 12th, 2008. So we're one day off here. But it was the second weekend in April. And um, it's hard to believe that seven years is, has gone by so quickly. And you started with a little half-hour show and didn't think you could fill a half an hour. Started, and now yeah. you're up to two hours. Yeah, we had to call in a pro to MC it for us. And um, yeah, it's, it's slowly grown and evolved. And it, it's been a, a fun ride. Um, you know, it all started... When Jason and I were looking for a way to introduce our business to the community and mm. to differentiate ourselves from from some of the other um, you know mortgage loan officers and mortgage companies that were out there, and we thought that it was the it was the peak of of chaos in the in the real estate and mortgage industry. People were really confused about how the market turned on them, how they got caught you know, owing so much money on homes that were worth so, so much less than what they bought them for. They didn't understand the relationships between these Wall Street investment firms that were all over the newspaper right. and their little home loan. Right. Um, so we stepped onto the, you know, we, we thought this is a great platform to um, explain that to people and, and help them understand what was going on and what their options were. And, um, you know, the, most people, um, most people have navigated their way through it one way or another. Some it, sure. it ended a little better for others, um, but now it, it, you know it's exciting to see here seven years later that some of those people that that hit on hard times there in two thousand eight they're actually back in the market now mm -hmm. and they're able to buy property and mm -hmm. and we're still guiding those people through a pretty complicated process and it's it's good to 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 see how this show has evolved to help people and it's. It's good to see how the market's recovered, um, right. and we just continue to try to be a resource for the community here on Mortgage Matters. I agree, and what's neat, I came on to, I, I became part of the firm, Central Coast Lending, in November, and really got started in December, and it, it's neat. Every week, someone calls in and says, hey, listen to the show. You guys are great. I got this question, you know, and, you know, the listeners, you guys are great because it, not only are your call-ins good, but your conversations that we have during the week help us really know that we are giving a good message. We don't try to sell a product or, or really, you know, we try to give you advice. So one of the things we're going to talk about today is a 203K, which is an FHA product that allows you to take a house that, you know, otherwise wouldn't be able to be financed or, you know, let's call it dilapidated, damaged, and build it into the house you want or build it into a house that any, any family in America could purchase um, traditionally. Um, and we want to educate you about things like that. 
I would yeah. would like to throw in too that while Central Coast Lending, I believe you can write loans throughout the state of California, right? That's correct. Yeah. But you're doing a radio show here in San Luis Obispo. You just talked about driving in from Morro Bay. You talked about your experience at the hardware store, one of the hardware stores here locally. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, and it makes you guys local. There's other financial and mortgage just shows right. on the radio, but you guys are here. You know the area. That's true. Yeah, I had a veteran. And you know what's uh, going on in real estate mortgages here, San Luis Obispo, Santa Barbara County, somewhat Monterey County, just right in this area. Yeah. Yeah. And that's important in real estate and mortgage. You know, it's you there's so much national news that goes on, but it doesn't always apply to what's going on here in the local community. And that's that's important part of the message that we deliver here. Um, is, is just putting everything into perspective and, and trying to help you filter through what's actually important and impactful to you um, here as a local listener. Yeah, I agree. We, we should probably get into some of that raw data or, or the stuff that our listeners just love to eat for breakfast on a Saturday morning. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we um, weren't here last weekend to right. talk about the, the jobs report for April, which is reporting on March. Um, and it was, it was kind of a, a down report, a very, yeah. very subpar report. Um, right. Two minuses. Yeah. I, th I think the big headline grabber for me was that um, the job growth was, was about half of expectations. And for the first time in a year, the, we did not add at least 200,000 jobs. That's right. Um, I think right. it, I think the number came in around 126. 126 is the number. 126,000 expectations were for closer to 250. Mm -hmm. So I mean, with an talk about a miss over six months. But then they say, oh, we need to amend to the the earlier part of this year. You know, there's also been a 90,000 jobs were reported incorrectly. You know, they had to reduce those reports from January and February. Not the end of the world, but you know, more more news were like, huh. Okay, maybe yeah. we're not growing. Well, and it, it to the level we thought we I were. I think what it does is it it reinforces the from the Fed's last policy statement. They still expressed some. I don't want to say doubts, but they wanted to see more consistency and just more. They wanted to see more improvement over a longer period of time in the employment market mm -hmm. um, before acting on the policy. And and to a lot of people, the, the reaction a, a couple of weeks ago with that statement was, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. Unemployment is at five and a half percent. You've called that a, in the range of, of a healthy economy. We've been averaging 200,000 jobs added, which hasn't been done. I think it was like for 15 years or yeah. something crazy. Right. Um, what do you mean? You need to see more out of this employment market. What more can it give you? And and as if it was scripted, we see jobs, mm -hmm. the jobs report come out mm -hmm. pretty, pretty bad. I mean, I, it's better than great. than some of the bad months we see we saw in the the real peak of the downturn. But um, yeah, just it wasn't a good number. A lot of economists rushed to the, you know, to the media and said that it was weather related. Or, right. I, you know, I always there's always some rationale behind it. I, I don't know that I buy it. Um, so much as I, I think the real explanation is that from time to time you have aberrations in data. And I think this was just one of those mm -hmm. aberrations. It was a down month for whatever reason. And I personally don't think it's likely to continue at this below 
expected pace. I, I really don't see that continuing. But I do think that some of the three hundred and four hundred thousand jobs added months, I, I think those were a bit more than we can expect to. I think two hundred is right about where we we will likely be. Yeah, we've got a bit of a headwind. You know, the dollar doing so well is is problematic. If you if you could say that, um, mainly because we're not a strong economy yet. And you know, when you have that dollar, it does things to the way we can sell our products to other countries, which would obviously employ people here. And it, um, you know, for the average consumer, they're thinking, oh, this is great. You know, I could go, I could actually get a little bit more bang for my buck when I go on vacation this year. If I go to Europe, or if I go to, you know, Canada, Australia, et cetera, the places where foreign dollars are not doing as well. But what it does is it really bothers the Fed, I think, because internally what that strong dollar does is it makes it hard for our larger companies that bring on lots of jobs, not the small employer that says, oh, we need to extend this department by one employee. I'm talking about four or 5,000 jobs in like a month. Yeah, They can't do that if they can't show the earnings and the production that they're supposed to get overseas, or shall I say globally. Well, and we're still in a difficult market to predict because right. there's still the government intervening in various aspects of the economy. So... You know, you'll see employers, I think, where they, they have a need for hiring, but they do it in kind of just little injections. Mm -hmm. they'll, they'll hire and then they'll back off and mm -hmm. kind of see how things, how that worked. Mm -hmm. And then they'll do a little more hiring. So you'll see these, these, these increases in hiring and then these, these lulls in hiring. Mm -hmm. I think until the market is just acting on its own and, and it's a little bit more predictable, um, that we're we're going to see this inconsistency, and it's nothing to be alarmed at. Sure. Um, but you know, I think that's where the Fed's coming from. That they're they're seeing this inconsistency too, and they want to see a little more um, consistent growth and obvious need for policy change before right. they act. They don't want to act too hastily. And therefore, it, it is, or should I say, it, it's really delaying them being confident as to when they will rise interest rates. Yeah. Which I think is what scares our listeners, you know, I'm thinking maybe I want to buy a third investment property or when should I refinance my house? You know, should I wait for another <laughs> little slip in the rate? The fact of the matter is guys, last year at this time, interest rates were 4.41%. A 30 year fix was, was at 4.41%. And now it's half a point lower. I mean, it's at 3.7 is what the, we opened up on Monday at the average average interest rate for a 30-year fix. And so I just don't understand why most people are waiting to see what happens in June or September. The time is now. Yeah, it always, I'm always baffled when I meet people who have interest rates in the 6% range. And I just wonder where they've been. I've, I met a guy this week who's looking to buy a home. Mm. He's on the edge of qualifying. And as we were looking at his other three financed properties that he owns, he's got loans of six and three quarter. I think one was six and three quarters percent. Wow. Another was five and a half percent. And then another at seven percent. So I, I, in an effort to help him qualify for this new purchase, we have to do some rearranging of his other debts, but it, it helps him immensely. I mean, all of his payments drop, drop hugely sure. um, on, on all these things. And, and then it becomes easy to buy this new house. Right. Um, so yeah, it's just, it, I, I think some people just don't care. They're not paying attention. It's not their, 
not their thing. <laughs> they can afford it. They just go about their business. Right. It fits their monthly budget and they can still go to, you know, Applebee's on Friday night. <laughs> right. And the movie on Sunday. And, yeah. But, and others, I think, are really concerned about, you know, we've already made progress on our loan. We don't mm-hmm. want to take a step back by getting back into a 30 year. And I often forget, I take it for granted that people don't know what we know because we're immersed in it every single day and it's you don't have to take a new 30-year loan you can do a a 20 or a 15 or a a 25 year loan loan. yeah people knew that you can i mean you can do any loan term 23 between (laughs) eight and 30 years you can pick your i mean if 27 is your favorite number we can do that right (laughs) (laughs) it's up to you so yeah it, it doesn't mean you have to take a step back there's a lot of simple math we can do just to see how much interest you've paid what your future interest is scheduled to be because mm-hmm. it's all scheduled out mm-hmm. and then what a new loan would look like and mm-hmm. if there's actual interest savings there for you or not right so you can weigh out all the pros and cons well, bringing this thing full circle from where we started we don't benefit by steering you into one loan versus another um in fact the government has made it so we are our, our Profit margin on doing a loan is a fixed number, and it's a fixed number for every single loan program that's offered. So really, it's made us um, advisors and facilitators for you to figure out what is the right option for you. We weigh out pros and cons. We do math for you. We help you, you know, kind of act as a therapist in some ways, a mortgage therapist, help Mm -hmm. you kind of rationalize what's the right way to go, because Mm -hmm. it's not always clear, and there's not always one right answer. That's right. So... that's really what our role is in the process right and as we're kind of wrapping up this first segment of of the show today uh first half hour um i just want to say one more thing since we've got the listeners thinking about the economy is um you know europe is currently starting their quantitative easing (laughs) and that's another very important thing to watch um that's going to and i think ultimately i think that's why the government is doing what they're doing. And it's a big reason. It's a huge reason. And because we all know, I mean, if you if you read a paper once a week and watch financial news, let's say twice a week, you know that the US economy is not going to the weight room yet. They're <laughs> not strong. They're not listening to the Rocky soundtrack yet. But we're just we're really getting in by comparison, we look strong. You know, I think as a world we're still kind of pulling up the nose of this plane and um, one thing to watch over the next couple months, two very important things to watch is how Europe does, how the, how those other currencies compare to our dollar, if it stays the same or gets worse. And also, don't forget that Greece is coming up in two months, the decision of what's going to happen over there. I think that's really important. That could really shake the system if Greece decides to not do anything and just go on to their own currency. But, I wanted to take your airplane analogy and... Oh, please do. And uh, <laughs> say, I, th- I think our plane has leveled out, but the rest of our squadron is is still in the nosedive. So we're waiting for them to pull up. You can't, you need a wingman. Right. Right. You need- <laughs> if you just came on the show, we're actually talking about <laughs> the U.S. market, how strong we really are. All right. Hey, yeah. folks, it is, uh, it's time to to do a commercial break here. Time to thank the sponsors. We're going to regroup here since I, I don't even have the right headphones on. I got in here a little late. You're tisk, not on the tisk, right tisk. microphone. I know. Right it's, things just look backwards right now. <laughs> but we're going to sort this all out, and we'll be right back with more Mortgage Matters. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. To ask a question, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832.
We'll be back in just a few minutes. What a state of generosity. Look what my agent got for me. Just by switching to State Farm. A few hundred unexpected bucks. I couldn't ask for more. But now I've got to figure out what I should use it for. A new bike would be radical, but maybe something practical. Like a pet baboon with one robotic arm. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you could save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Hi, this is Jason Grody at Central Coast Lending, host of Mortgage Matters on KVEC. We recently made the jump to direct lender. That's right. Now we can do your loan in-house, but we still broker too. We choose based on getting the best loan terms for you. We don't know what to call it yet, but you'll call it amazing. Refi or refinance at home. Just call 543 Just call 543 We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. That's right. Nearly seven years to the day. <clears throat> Mortgage Matters show started in 2008. Pretty exciting. Pretty exciting. Sh- pretty amazing <laughs> to start then. Yeah. And now look where you are. Yeah. We're sure glad you're joining us here this fine Saturday. Um, if you would like to participate in today's show, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. 543-8830, 543-8830. You can ask a question, share a comment. Um, if you're a little shy, just you can whisper to Jim whatever you want to have relayed here live on the show, and we'll, we'll address whatever you want to talk about. Um, earlier, I mentioned you know some of the things that we don't say enough just because we take for granted being in this mortgage business every single day, that there are some basic concepts that other people just don't know um, the way that we know. Of course, someone's calling now and Jim has walked away. (laughs) Just hold on. Whoever's calling, our engineer. (laughs) Yeah, engineer had to run down the hall. We don't want to touch buttons. (laughs) Call back in two minutes. Yep, please. Um, 
Okay. So yeah, I mean, like one example here is just this morning on the way to the show, not that I was even looking at my phone while driving. Never. Um, but my, my cousin, my own flesh and blood was asking me if they could buy, if they bought a new home with a, and they already own a property that they, they used a primary residence conventional financing. It was a home they lived in but they have since moved out of it and turned it into a rental. Okay. That if they bought a new home, a new primary residence, would they have to use the investment property interest rate since they already had one loan with a primary ah, residence interest rate? Right. And the no. answer is no. No. The answer is no. And then, so the follow-up was, well, are we going to get in trouble for having this other right. house that we're not living in with a primary residence interest rate? And the answer to that is also no. God, no. The intention when you're applying for a loan, the... the the implicit contract that you're signing is that you intend to occupy that property as your primary residence for the next year. Yep. 12 months. Yep. That's that's really it. And nowhere is even written in, in stone that that's the rule, but that's just kind of the implied agreement when Correct. applying for a primary residence loan. Um, but lenders realize that over the course of a 30-year mortgage or a 15-year mortgage or however long your mortgage term is. Or a tough economy. Or, or... T- yeah. I mean, things change. Yeah. You people get married, get divorced, yep. people have kids and their families grow. And sometimes people don't like their neighbor. Jo- yeah, people don't <laughs> like their neighbor. Jobs change, they get transferred. Right. I mean, things happen in life that force you to change your living situation. Yep. And it doesn't mean that you have to change your mortgage situation. Once you have that mortgage, then that, that's your mortgage for the term of that loan. Mm-hmm. No bank's going to come knocking on your door. They don't do an annual check. And just to see if you still live here, that's not what happens. Right. Um, if you've, if you've, you know, if you've stayed in that home as you um, suggested you would when applying for the for the loan in the first place, then you've fulfilled your obligation. You occupy and, the home right after the loan closes. You have a period of time to do that, and then you, <clears throat> month thirteen, you say. What if we were to do something else? And it's not that it's supposed to be so strategic, like you're counting down the days until the 13th month. That's not the idea. The idea is that if you know that you're going to move out or something, I mean, like I said, there's nothing firm about this. It's like, it's a rule of thumb. Mm-hmm. But the point is, is she's doing nothing wrong yeah. by buying a new home. That's totally fine. And, and she's intending to occupy this new home as her primary residence for at least the next 12 months. Yeah. They believe longer. Yeah. So... That is fine for them to qualify for a new primary residence interest rate. And just to give you an idea, the reason this even matters is that a primary residence interest rate on a conventional financing is usually about a quarter. And depending on if we're talking about, you know, multifamily investment property, it could be anywhere from a quarter to a half a point better in rate for the primary residence yeah, I typically um, see rate. it at three eighths of a rate higher. Yeah, just because, and not only that, it depends on the actual type of home. Like mm-hmm. if it's a condo versus a home, um, some lenders don't like doing investment condos. You know, so we we really reduce or minimize our marketplace to be competitive for you. So yeah, it, it's great. It's a, that's a great point um, for our listener. Jim is back now. If you want to call <laughs> back. Please call in. Uh, we'd love to hear your question. Again, the number is 543-8830. That's 543-8830. Okay. Along those same lines, we had another past client who, you know, with this recent drop in rates, we've reached out to some past clients and said, hey, you know, you might benefit from 
a new loan from right. refinancing. You could drop your payment. We can look at a shorter term, keep your payment the same. So we made those calls to a lot of past clients. There was one, this is actually one of Jason's clients. I've, it's funnier when he says it. He's just funnier in general. Um, <laughs> but they, you're funny, Dan. He said, <laughs> the, this this past client said, "Well, oh, I, I just refinanced that loan. You know, I already had your loan, so I needed to go get a, a loan from another guy." Oh my gosh! No. <laughs> no, no, no. We will actually make you multiple loans. Yeah. it's not our loan. It's kind of our business model. Yeah, it, we'd it, like to be your friend. A refinance is fine. I mean, we are. There are some limitations on the number of loans we can do for one borrower at one time. But beyond that, I mean, we can continue to we refinance people who we did loans for and who still have the loan we got for them. That's something we do regularly, and we enjoy doing that. Yeah. Um, in fact, it makes it really easy because we have most of your information. Sure. Usually, there's just a couple of documents that needed to be updated and a, right. you know new um, new forms that need to be signed. But otherwise, we've we've got a head start on this whole process because we have you in the system. Right. Um, so that's just another one of those those little things that I take for granted, and and we need to we need to reinforce some of these basic concepts to people. Can I, can I chime in and sure. piggyback? I've yeah. got, since we're talking about loan programs, I've got one I want to mention really quick. And this is really talking to the, the parents that have kids that are, you know, maybe just getting married. You want to help them get in a house. Maybe, maybe your first grandchild's born and you're just thinking, Oh, great. Let, let's help, you know, our son and daughter get a home. You might be gifting them funds or helping them buy it, giving them the deposit a concept or a loan program you may want to consider is is where you and them can be on the loan together and they can and you it's called a non-occupant co-borrower loan it's a, a Fannie and Freddie excuse me a Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac acknowledge this loan and they allow it to happen where your kids and you can qualify for the loan together um, giving them um, the opportunity to take advantage of your good credit scores and even your income, helping them get into a home where they can get a primary resident loan program. Some parents, and especially the Cal Poly parents, if you know any Cal Poly parents with students that are freshmen or sophomores, they're thinking, how do I get, instead of paying these rent prices, let's just help Susie or Johnny get a home and we'll have his college student friends be our tenants. That's a great opportunity. You don't need to make that an investment property where you put 25% down in order to qualify. You can have Johnny or Susie on the loan with you, barring that they have credit. We need to make sure that they have some credit. And then you can get a primary residential loan and, and be able to have your son or daughter have you know their college friends live in the place with you. And it can help. And it, and it helps everyone. And so it's a good concept to think about also if you're... Um, if you're just kind of juggling what you want to do to help your kids that just had their your first grandchild um, get into a home. So it's a non-occupant co-borrower. We'd be happy to talk to you more about that if you want to call in to our office, which is 805-543-LOAN, or you can call in right now and talk to us about it at 543-8830. Yeah, sometimes there's some reluctance to just hand over money for a real estate purchase. I know a lot of, we, we see it a lot. It's very common um, to help the younger generation get into a housing market that's as competitive as as one that we have here in San Luis Obispo County. Um, so oftentimes, I mean, it's so hard to save here, um, and and the home prices are are it's it's not a a secret that they're 
unaffordable for a lot of a lot of the people who yeah. live here. Um, so it it oftentimes takes assistance, down payment assistance in particular, to get into a home. Um, here and and so we do see a lot of gifting going on. But if there's if there's some reluctance to do that, maintaining an ownership stake with this non-occupant co-borrower loan opportunity is is another way to assist, but not necessarily relinquish your interest in that in that down payment that you're assisting them with. That's right. Um, so That's it's right. just it's another way to think of of helping um, your loved one get into a property. And you might be thinking again, back to the the novice individual, the layman. But I already have a primary residence. How can I get another primary residence loan? Yeah, it's Aha. <clears throat> you're a co-signer. I mean, you they recognize the agencies recognize that you're co-signing for the true primary occupant who is mm-hmm. also on that loan. That's so right. because they're on that loan, it qualifies for that primary interest rate. Sure. So. I recently was talking to another family member who's living down in San Diego looking to buy his first property. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's talk about a competitive market. Things, San Diego. Yeah, things down there are still, you know, it's like a two-week list time, multiple offers, over overbidding, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it must be a strategy in the big cities because I hear the same thing about San Francisco that Bay it's area, just sure. insane. Yeah, time. I mean, if, if something's on the market for more than eight days without 10 offers, then it's there's something wrong with it. <laughs> but, right. you know, he's my family member's down in San Diego trying to get just a, an entry-level condo, but, he, you know, they've they just got married, they're, you know, building some savings, but they don't want to deplete it all completely to buy this home. They want to have some kind of cushion, so they're, they're looking to to their dad, my uncle, for some help. Mm -hmm. And um, Mm -hmm. he, he's a conservative man. (laughs) He, uh, he would like it to be a loan. You know, they, they kind of feel like they're, they're maxing out their resources just to go from renting to owning. um, And that, that extra little payment's a tough one. So there's this proposal on the table to maintain an ownership stake. Why don't you qualify with us and be a part owner of this property in return for for helping us out with down payment. That's correct. And so that's you know that's the exact situation that we're talking about here. But if we're expl- if we're being truly advisors, we also need to explain that 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 property will be on your debt balance sheet. Mm-hmm. You know, you will have the liability. You'll also have access to the asset, if you will. So consider those options. But there's an important caveat to that. When uh-huh. when that while that loan is appearing on your credit report as the co-signer. There's concern that, well, what if I want to do something? Yes. What if I want to qualify for a, an investment property or a second home? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I'm in that stage of my life where I want to, I want to buy something else. And then I've got, I've got this guy's loan who's weighing me down and I can't qualify. Is that going to be a problem? The answer is no, generally not. Really? It's, it's not going to be a problem. What you need to provide are, is proof that the primary occupant is paying that mortgage in full by showing 12 months of canceled checks from the primary occupant paying the mortgage. As long as you can show that that other person is paying the mortgage each month for 12 months, that that payment gets excluded from your excuse me, from your debt ratio calculation for future purchases. And it's not just limited to that type of co-signing on a mortgage situation. It, it applies to a lot of other types of debt, even revolving and auto loans, things like that, things that you know, maybe you're just a, a co-signer on a credit card for a young mm-hmm. a, a young son or daughter, or maybe you help them buy a, a car. 
those things can be excluded if you can show that they're making those payments. Interesting. So listeners, if you have any uh, weird questions about credit or loan programs, give us a call in and be part of the conversation. Let us know. Call 543-8830. Again, 543-8830. Sometimes people go into another bank, a big bank, a Chase, a Wells Fargo, a Bank of America, Mm -hmm. because that's their bank, right? Right. They know me. We have a relationship. Yep. And they get, right, they get answers that aren't necessarily indicative of what the market allows. Um, we we just recently ran into a guy who who banks at Chase. So he thought, hey, I'm going to go to Chase. I'm going to refinance my house. My mortgage is with them. My bank accounts are with them. I'm going to go and talk to them about refinancing. Rates are lower. I can save money. Well, this this guy is is winding down his career. He, he was working full-time, and mm-hmm. in the last few months, he stepped down to part-time at the same company, in the same role, working for the same rate of right. pay. Just working less hours because he chose to. Chase told him, you can't qualify. You don't have a history of working part-time. <laughs> you need a two-year history of working right. part-time. That is the most absurd thing I've ever heard. So he had to walk away, and he thought, I guess I can't get a loan. Luckily, he walked in just to get a second opinion. And we said, that's ludicrous. You can definitely qualify. You've been at the same job in the same role. You have a history of earning this level of pay. Sure. You're choosing to work less hours. We're just going to qualify you on the lower number of hours. That's it. Yep. And he he qualifies with that. So it's just, you know... it's it's funny to hear people talk about my bank and it's not it's not the 50s anymore. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. not it's not like the the security guards waving to you. It's or it's very infrequent that that happens. I'm not going to say it doesn't. Yeah, happen. I know my security guard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they don't. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let, let me say this, chime in really quick. Um another thing I've been dealing with the last 2 weeks is, you know, the purchasing market is starting to heat up a bit. Um, people are calling in whether we have a relationship with them prior to that we've pre-approved or they're they're getting referred to us from an agent. Um, but also I've been and so what they do is they call in and they say, look, uh, you know, I've I've made an offer on a house and the loan officer that I was working with before, whether it be an institution or or, or an individual broker, you know, they pre-approved me and now I'm having some issues. Like they're they're not getting me what. I want to hear the rates have changed. I, I I wasn't sure that, you know, the interest rate I was shown originally is not the same interest rate. Let me tell you, you do not have to stay with the same loan officer through a transaction. Okay. So there is nothing that says in writing that if you get pre-approved with one loan officer, you must stay with them. Sure. It's more convenient. They have all of your pa- past taxes for the last two years. They looked at your bank statements already. We would need to get those. But one of the things that the government gives you to compete out in the marketplace is called the good faith estimate. And so if you're thinking, you know, we're in this loan right now, we're in escrow. I'm just, I'm not tickled pink about what we're seeing on the loan terms. You can send us or call into our office and send us your good faith estimate. Let us look at, even if it's just for education, Uh, we don't want to just say rate for rate. Here's the rate we could give you even just to let you know what your costs are and why maybe your closing costs are higher than what you thought they were going to be all of a sudden. And, um, I just encourage listeners to be educated on that because a lot of times in the last two weeks, people have called me and said, Oh, I would love to work with you, but I've already signed disclosures. So I'm working with that loan officer till the end, not the case. 
different for a realtor. A realtor, you're you're more or less committed to that realtor when you're in escrow, and you know that that realtor is working hard for you to do what they need to do. Yeah, sometimes it is. I mean, it, that is why the government has these rules in place about the good faith estimate, so that you can go out and you can shop and you can ask those questions. We love hearing from people, and it happens often that you know I've I've worked with a lot of loan officers. I've bought a lot of property in my day, and I've never had anyone explain things the way you're explaining them to me. Mm-hmm. You know, we're approachable people who want to help you understand. It's it. Some of the forms are terrible. They're they're impossible even for an industry professional you have to, to sit down and get a highlighter. Yeah, say, I mean okay, it's they're. They're prepared by the government, approved by the government. The government's not a good form writer, um, so you know we we help you make sense of what your the, the all the papers, all the forms that you're that you're presented at the beginning of the transaction. We help you try to make sense of that. Usually, we do a pretty good job. Yeah. Um, hey, it's nine forty-five. We should take another commercial break, and uh, when we come back. We're going to talk maybe a little bit about rehabbing your loan That's or correct. rehabbing your home and what kind of loan options uh, you may have at your disposal for that type of project. Do stick with us. We'll be back with more Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. Hi, this is Jason Grody at Central Coast Lending, host of Mortgage Matters on KVEC. Let me and my staff of mortgage experts help you refinance your home or investment property. Lower your rate, shorten your loan term, or get out of your mortgage insurance. Call Central Coast Lending today. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543 Loan. Just call 543 Loan. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. The state of denial is a drag and a trial. When I bought my cheap insurance, should have known this day would come. Now I've had an accident and I'm feeling quite alone. Called them at least 20 times, but they won't pick up the phone. Without personal service, my policy's kind of worthless. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. Walk, little, walk, small talk. 
Okay, everybody, welcome back to Mortgage Matters. Mike Points here with Dan Podesto, and we just got through a little track of educating you on the things you may not know about the mortgage market. Uh, one other thing I want to talk to you right now as we lead into the 10 o'clock hour and we have our guest coming on is uh, ways to increase your market, uh, the types of homes that you could purchase on the marketplace, ways to look for different homes, maybe not just the standard everyday turnkey or you know needs a little bit of work. I'm talking about homes that need quite a bit of work and may, not, may be a bargain for you to purchase this property and fix up. One of the programs I'm going to talk to you about is called a 203K loan. It's an FHA product, and it is set up for a primary resident. So you, this is not um, something where you would, you know, purchase the home as an investor per se. You know, not live in the home and fix it up and then sell it. It's a, it's a home that the government. It's a program really that the government tries to allow, you know, debilitated properties, properties that need a lot of work and otherwise wouldn't be appraised you know, wouldn't pass the appraisal process, wouldn't be able to be purchased by a new buyer unless they got fixed up. And one of the things I like most about this loan is, personally, I think it's pretty neat to take a house that hasn't had some TLC in a couple years, maybe needs some new appliances, doesn't have good curb appeal, where you can get a deal on the price, maybe Eighty or seventy thousand dollars less than what a house would normally sell. That's a three bedroom, two bath in San Luis, and you can use a relationship with a bank that will finance you to improve that property. In other words, let's say we have a property that's worth on the market for two hundred fifty thousand dollars as is. Okay, Dan, and you know, in order for you to buy this house without a two hundred three k loan, you basically have to buy it with cash because. What I mean by an appraisal getting passed is an appraisal, appraiser has to go in and they do a lot of different things. And Dan, you'll probably explain this better than me, but an appraiser usually does. They're looking for some of the things that will prevent you from being able to obtain financing are health and safety issues being present. That's the, that's the most common thing. A handrail missing mm-hmm. on a staircase mm-hmm. or a, you know a deck or something like that that has more than a four foot fall Okay. Um, okay. You know, holes in floors, holes in walls. Um, utilities. Yeah, utilities not functioning. You see water or insect damage. Those types of things are red flags to appraisers. Um, sometimes, if there are inspections done in the home, they'll be caught at that stage. Those are the things that could potentially hold up financing. Depending on the loan program, there are different levels of, of acceptable deferred maintenance. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you cross that line, then things have to be cured before you're able to complete the loan transaction. Um, Dan, I have a question about that. Would the appraiser also look at outside the home, like say you have a pathway where the bricks are uneven and maybe something's broken <laughs> in the pathway, or do they just normally look at the stuff inside the home? No, they'll they will look at stuff outside the home too. Thing, you know, pathway is getting a, a little outside of their scope. Um, but if there was, you know, if the ground moved so much that there was undulation, yeah, I mean, there was like a, a four foot fall in your pathway and and it required some kind of handrail or stairs. I mean, that is something that they would pay attention to, but what they're more looking at is the structure itself. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, but they'll look at things like if there's cracks in foundation that could present, you know, clues of structural damage to the 
to the property. Things like that um, are are things that they're mostly paying attention to. Okay. So think about think about being savvy here. I mean, most people see a house like that and they don't they just pass over it because they don't have the ability to buy cash. And you know, not all the cash investors live here in San Luis Obispo, so it's an opportunity where. Uh, you know, the average first time home buyer is going to say, oh, well, that would be a great house on a great neighborhood, but we can't afford to do, I, I don't have 70 grand in the bank to put into a house right away. After I'm, you pay 200 right, grand to buy it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Mind you, I'm borrowing money from my parents for a down payment, you know? Right. Um, and so what's great about the 203K is it actually is, goes into effect when a property requires repairs. And there has to be at least $5,000 of eligible repairs for a streamlined 203k, which is basically you can acquire the property and up to you get to add up to $30,000 in general repairs that you could do. And uh, what I'm going to say after I get through these these quick numbers is I'm going to explain to you how the program itself works going through ESCO and how you get approved for all this. But there's two types. There's a streamlined 203k, which is like I just said, a basic um a, a basic repair list that adds to the property. So, you know, maybe um, the roof needs some repair, you know, five, six, seven thousand dollars of roof repair. Um, the back door seems to be, you know, um, detached from the main structure. There's a weird issue back there. Um, there's things that you can do, such as um, appliances, certain things you can fix with appliances, water heater, et cetera, et cetera. The 203K full is the one that really excites me the most. Um, mainly because you can take a structure, uh, a property that has either, you know, been vacant for years. It, it's got the picture, the broken window, front door, the, you know, the dilapidated roof, if you will, the siding that that's just been, you know, tarnished, major landscape repairs, foundation repairs. That's a big issue. Um, and then complete the completion of maybe unpermitted work. So like, you know, a detached garage that was built that, that shouldn't be there in the city doesn't know about it. All these things on a, on a 203K full, even you can even add, honestly, you can even add some square footage to the property. Yeah, you can pretty much do anything on that program. Yeah. It's a, it's a great program. I remember a couple years ago, we did one of those fulls where someone bought a home for around $250,000 and they got a loan based on a $500,000 um, completed value. Yeah. I mean, they did major work to the home. You're going to steal my thunder, Dan. Okay. The best Sorry. part. P forget <laughs> I said that. <laughs> the best part is, you know, let me, let me say this. Obviously, repair costs are going to improve your living situation, your day-to-day -day life. You don't want to live in a house that has you know, a back door that's detached from the property. It's not safe. You don't want to live in a house with a dilapidated roof. So you'll be able to right away repair the home and make it yours that you're going to move into. But the greatest part of it all is that you will sit down with the appraiser when they first come before you even buy the property and say, look, here's our construction budget and what we want to do. Please appraise this property with the knowledge of what we're going to do to the property, how we're going to repair it. And he gives you a report. It's called a 442 appraisal that allows you to see what your end equity is going to be when all this is done. So the property could cost you 380000 with repairs, and he could give you an appraisal before you start for a $510,000 home. And that is awesome. I mean, if you're getting your first home, normally you're not getting in it with equity. You're getting in it any way you can. Many times it's maybe less than 10% down. And now we're taking you from a program that only requires 3.5% down 
and allows you to use the bank's money to repair a home and increase your equity within a period of, you know, three to six months. And then you can live in the home or you could technically put the home on the market. I mean, it's something that the bank doesn't say you can't turn around and put this on the market in three months. So I think that's pretty neat, Dan. It's something our listeners need to know about. You probably have heard the buzzer, but I wanted to explain a little bit on how that works and how it really benefits the borrower. Yeah, it's it really is a great opportunity to get into a home that needs work. Because otherwise, if without that type of loan program, like you said, you often have to buy cash. You often have to come out of pocket for the repairs mm-hmm. just to make it habitable. And that's challenging for the average Joe. So this is a way for the average person to get into a home and, and be able to make it their own. Right. The 203K is not the only option. That's right. Because that, I mean, the one disadvantage I'll say about that 203K, the big disadvantage is that it is an FHA loan. So it does have the FHA mortgage insurance. So for someone who has better credit and maybe the ability to put 5% down, Mm -hmm. is there an option? Yeah, there's a Fannie Mae option. It's called the Home Style Product. It's also known as a renovation loan. And this one's cool. Um, I agree with you, Dan. The FHA does have a lot of fees and monthly costs. Um, the other key benefit of the Fannie Mae Home Style product or the renovation loan is that you can, you do not have to occupy this property. You can get this loan as an investor, and it can be a second home. So maybe that lake house that you saw driving around Tahoe that looked a little weird. It looks like it's been deserted for three, four years. You could buy that home fix it up with this Fannie Mae product. And you it's really neat. Um, that product will allow you to, um, just like the 203K, take a construction budget and a design of what you want to do and compare it to um, you know, the appraisal and give you an end value. Uh, you can use that value, that equity, if you will, as soon as the property's done to, you know, you can refinance if you wish. You can just sit your sit in the home, use it being in good position now because you've built the home up. And ultimately, what I like for investors is you can take this $295,000 home, make it a $490,000 home with minimal payments over six months, and then put it back on the marketplace. That's a Fannie Mae product. So yeah, thank you for mentioning that. There's not there's more than just one way to skin this cat. Yeah, it's it it is a cool um, cool thing that not a lot of people know about. So, one last thing I just yeah. want to tell our listeners is that um, with any loan program like this, there are additional things to consider. There will be you know consultants that you have to bring on as third party individuals. There's fees, but it's very worth it, and we'd like to talk to you more about it if you call into the office anytime. So, Dan. Sure. So we go to a commercial break? I think we have to. Yeah. yeah. Top of the hour. We uh, we have to move aside for just a moment for the, what is it now? Is it a sponsored news break? It yeah, used to be the news Fox break. News break. Yeah, it's now it's just a news break. Um, but we're going to be joined next hour. Jessica Steely from Seams & Co. is coming on next. So please stick around. We want to tell you all about her. And she's going to have some neat stuff to talk about for the construction market. Welcome back. Welcome back to Mortgage Matters. There we go. Testing one, two. Um, it's 10.05. We're so happy you're sticking with us. We have a great next hour plan for you. We've got Jessica Steely joining us from SEMS. 
You got it. Sims and company builders. Um, it's uh, this is a this is a great company. We're really excited to have Jessica on today. Um, before we get going with her, I just want to remind you that we're still live. We're still willing to take your phone calls if you have questions about mortgages or about building. We've got an expert here. We've got a bunch of. We've got three experts just sitting in this in this room waiting to hear from you. 543-8830. 543-8830. Don't be shy. Give us a call. Share your questions or comments. Um, Jessica, thank you so much for taking time out of your Saturday yes, to join us here on the radio. Thank you. Well, good morning. Thanks for having me. Um, it was, oh, I, I was sharing with you during the break. It's been about four years since we had Turco Turco Sims on um, on the show, and we really enjoyed having him on. And I understand that you are now the uh, the top dog over there, the person in charge. That's right. You Tur- seem Turco I... loves to uh, tell everyone that I'm his boss. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I think he, he enjoys not having to uh, run the daily company any longer. But um, yeah, he's got big shoes to fill. You know, he founded the company. It was uh, 1978, so getting close to our 40 year mark here. Cool. And uh, he graduated Cal Poly with a construction engineering degree, is what they called it then, and then some. Uh, you know, 20 years later, 25 years later, I graduated with the same degree. So it's been fun. And, you know, often people ask me, oh, is that your father? Are you related? <laughs> no, I'm just an interested person who cares a lot about construction and, and the direction of our community. So it's been a really rewarding opportunity being part of the group. And I don't know if anyone knows Turco, but he's quite the personality. So he is. Uh, not getting bored at all in my, <laughs> in my daily job. I look at you, you, you're so young. How are you, how did you get picked to, to run this successful company. Organization, you know, <laughs> it just works. So I'm actually uh, 35, so that's, that is pretty young, but, um, well, how old are you? I'm 30, I just had a birthday. Oh, 37. 37. 37. See, and you're the broker of your firm, right? I'm, I'm actually not. Jason is. Oh, But Jason. I'm a co-owner. Yes. Okay, co-owner. So, um, founder. See, this is what you brought on me. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, I am a founder uh, <laughs> too. I'm a co-founder. So I'm you can achieve area. a lot like by your game. Founder. Very. Yeah. There. But um, no. So it's just been, um, you know, something you find something you're really passionate about and that you love yeah. and that you're good at, and it all works well. And you keep a good attitude and stay mm-hmm. really positive, and you can make a lot of progress in a short period of time in an industry where, you know, people people want to to bring on motivated, hardworking, and fun people. So, uh, and then throw the honesty in there too, and that really helps out. But yeah. yeah I had a, I had the chance, I set up a, uh, a cocktail date with Jessica this Tuesday, just so we could, I could let her know, you know, what the show's about and just how we relate out in the marketplace with each other. And I got to tell you, um, for our listeners, she's a force to be reckoned with. I mean, you can tell <laughs> by the look in her eyes when she explains what the company's doing, the way they handle projects, the way they engage with you as the consumer or the investor. Um, she's got so much conviction and you can see that she's successful for a reason. It's not like she just was born into success. You know, It's like she gets up every day and says, what can I do today to make the company better? And I, I really admire that. I really, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I admire yes. that because I feel like the young professional work or you know young professionals here in San Luis Obispo are starting to get their name out there and build some real traction moving the needle not waiting for others who already have success who already have you know this name behind them like oh obviously that person's going to do the project it's we're now trying to make San Luis our San Luis 
I would definitely put you in that category. Well, thanks. And I do see that a lot. You know, um, our peers now are the entrepreneurs in the community. They're the ones taking over the principal roles in architecture firms and building mm-hmm. companies. So it's pretty exciting to watch your your buddies that you went to college with. And now, you know, they're wearing suits and ties or whatever their <laughs> program is. But um, really running the show. <laughs> And you went to Cal Poly? I did. I got a construction management degree there and um, came right to work for SEMS because of their values. It was an interesting exercise. I, uh, as I graduated, I, I actually listed the top 10 things I wanted in the company I went to work for. You know, we're all programmed to say, who are you going to go? Uh, who, who's going to hire you? Who's going to hire you? You know, it's who am I going to work with? Mm-hmm. Right. So changing that paradigm a little bit. And I found SEMS because they really met all the criteria. I couldn't bike there. That was the only one thing, but I did take the bus for a bunch of years. So, um, yeah, that's neat. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah. So, um, it's been fun to continue to help shape that and really, um, we're helping people. The thing with the custom home business is that it's so personal. Uh, Mm -hmm. construction management, you're trained, you can go out and you can build bridges or tract houses or skyscrapers. And it's like, wow, I really wanted to stay here. Mm -hmm. So that was the pay cut number one, right? (laughs) (laughs) And then I wanted to do custom homes because it is personal. It is intimate. And I get to really affect people's lives, not just um, the, the structure itself, let's say, okay, so we build an environmentally friendly home that uh, doesn't really take a lot as far as economics is concerned to run it, right? So the home's really efficient. You don't have to run your air conditioning unit. But in addition to that, it's healthy. It's a healthy home. You know how many houses are built poorly, so they might have a lot of mold issues, moisture problems, air being pulled in from the yep. crawl space, and it's like toxic carpets. I mean, you can go on and on about the things that make a home unhealthy to be in and young people raising their families and so it's it's all those things combined not to mention not to mention the process it's really fun to help someone through the whole program and not be getting a divorce at the end or really you know like extra gray hair you know it's like no the process is fun and we do it together and that's uh, really rewarding and part of that is establishing clear expectations in the beginning right so um, at contractors I think some some of us have a a bad reputation of the change order right Mm. so um, really trying to plan extensively in the beginning so that we minimize that there's really um, the the program that we set up and before we ever break ground is easy to follow and that that's a huge deal and and costs are a big a big part of that because I don't think there's any common language or expectations about what costs are for construction and a lot of our customers will come to us in the early stages like uh, say they're looking to buy a piece of property mm-hmm. I'd like to talk more about land loans actually in a little <laughs> bit because it's kind of um this dynamic enigma out there, the land loan. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And Gotta get off of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so people might be looking at a plot. They think, okay, I'm going to spend 140 grand on this lot here. And what is it going to take to put a house on it? So to really help people with that understanding early on is, is sure. key. What does, I'm curious what that process looks like. You mentioned it being a very personal experience, getting to know the people. So, I mean, that, I, I find that too, even with on the mortgage side, probably a little less so because you're you're building the environment that they're going to actually inhabit for mm. however long they're going to live there. Yeah. But we're yeah. helping them plan for the finances. So in a similar way, we we have to get to know them a little bit and what yep. their what drives them, what their goals are. Um, I'm curious what that process in the building side of things, what that looks like. I mean, how much time are you sitting down, and what I mean, are you 
getting to know the kids? I mean, how how, how personal does it get to sure, figure sure. out how to build someone a home? And it's always different. You know, every everybody is different. Um, but yeah, you just grow this relationship. It's so much about trust. Mm. And that's the thing. If you can't earn someone's trust, they're going to constantly second guess you. They're not going to enjoy the process as we spoke about. And it's actually going to make my job more difficult. <laughs> if someone's mm. really constantly trying to grab the steering wheel. So um, and not that it's not a collaborative process. Uh, so I would say it's just different in every circumstance. But um, the initial meetings, you really got to understand what someone's motivation is. Uh, if they're saying, OK, well, I want to build a new home. OK, well, first of all, why would you pick San Luis Obispo County? Well, I guess that's a kind of an easy question. <laughs> yeah. to There's multiple answers to that question, you know. Yeah, what's the motivation? clients from the Bay Area that are moving down because they have their first grandkid here in Arroyo Grande. It's sure. Like, OK, so you're going to buy you're going to move here and you're going to buy land. OK. Cool. Tell me why. Yeah, exactly. And then um, have you built before? Everyone's story is really different. Some people have had some bad experiences and it's like my job to help them through that kind of baggage, if you will, <laughs> and help them realize that it doesn't have to be that way. It's all it can be really a, a more pleasant experience. Um, yeah. So I guess that's, you know, it's always different. Do you feel like the assurances that you give um, I have a I think this is a good question to ask. The assurances that you give from the standpoint of like what the square footage would be if we build this house is like no matter what we do during the process, you'll be able to build this home based on the finances we see. Do you get into like their finances at all or do you just kind of assume that that's taken care of? That's a, that's a really good question. Because that is like, you know, three months ago you were so happy about this den this office we were going to build and now every time i write you an email about we're going to get materials you're saying hold 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 you know maybe it's because they ran out of capital or maybe it's because something else happened yeah um, know. so uh, as you can imagine people finance their projects in all different manners mm -hmm. so um let's say a few years back most people that were doing large projects actually had the equity or the capital if they were going to move forward with it they weren't getting bank loans Mm -hmm. Now we're seeing a lot more bank loans. Obviously, if a bank funds the project, we're confident that it's going to continue working. There's required contingency, of course, as you know. And so that's that's nice in its own right. Um, we have if, and if, if someone has the, the capital and they're an adult and they make the decision to spend the money. Um, that's their prerogative. We've actually never had to like stop a project early sure. or anything because a client overspent. Uh, oh, actually, that's not true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, it's coming to me now. <laughs> a few years back, uh, gosh, I would say probably um, 2008, we were in the middle of a project and we did all the earthwork, all the utilities. We poured the slab and the client said, okay, stop. So they had the land and a giant slab mm. <laughs> and that was it and so they waited four years and they called us back four years later and said okay our accounts are flush again we're happy let's move forward uh and we ended up finishing the home and they live there and they're very oh, very wow. happy but it was an interesting thing and that was just part of how they manage their portfolio i guess well sign of the times maybe too yeah. oh by all means which is a great segue i'm i'm really curious how you've been with sims for how long 11 years. 11 years. I'm curious over your 11 years, the cycle has changed dramatically. 
we've gone from 11 years ago, it was 2004, I'm boom time, Ooh. peak of the boom. <laughs> you right? make enough shovels. To <laughs> and then we all know what happened in 2007 and 8. Basically, building stopped, or it seemed like that. I guess you can elaborate on that a little better than I. Um, and now we're in a recovery phase. I'm curious, can you tell us a little bit about what that 11 years has looked like for you? Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been interesting. So when I first graduated Cal Poly, the industry was booming, like you said, not enough shovels. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was really fun for me as a graduate because there was such demand for the graduates out of our program at Construction Management at Cal oh, Poly. Yeah. So it was just kind of like, pick your poison, you're out there, you know, sure. go, go do your thing. And, um, and it was fun coming into work for SEMS because there were a lot of a lot of houses being built and we had this reputation of being the, the forefront of the green building movement and uh, so we had a lot of people wanting to invest in their custom homes for us and so we were busy 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 you know booked out and then 2007-2008 it was very few custom homes we really started focusing on remodels because that's where people were still spending money. And um, mm -hmm. if someone had home their, owned their home for an extended period of time, they still had some equity in it, If you know, depending on how long they mm -hmm. had owned it. Um, so that, that was really good for us. And the green building movement, as you all know, has really kind of come into its own over the last five to 10 years. Before that, everyone kind of just thought Turco, the company founder, was a little bit odd. <laughs> what are you doing building out a straw what's your, what, are you, what are you thinking so um the normal kind of program for for construction there um really dove down and like i said it was a it was a remodel world and right. we being the green builder and that portion of the market really gaining traction we stayed really busy because we were the ones people wanted to come to as the green builder because mm. we're good at it and we've done it for a really long time. And that that helped us through the downturn because um, you know, we were still had that reputation. But now, now we're new homes galore. So like the last probably two and a half years, okay. it's been people, they have their equity back, whether you know they're leveraging something else that they own to get the money to the capital to do the project or the banks are now willing to lend again right. and um so that's that's been good and really fun and watching the style change we're going into a very contemporary phase now mm -hmm. so uh mm -hmm. and of course the this um state regulations for energy it there it's, it's extreme so what that's we used point. to do yeah. that was above Bring and beyond up. is now almost the baseline so it's been it's been interesting. So you feel like you guys are just more prepared as a builder to be able to accommodate those new regulations. Oh yeah, since you've been doing it for right. so much longer. However, it's it's a lot of administration, and there's that's the downside. I understand why the rules are in place to really help uh, the big developers not put in water wasting fixtures. Let's say okay, because we're in a drought. Um, but it's. It's a lot of admin. It's a lot of extra work. Even from the bank side, you know, they're now um, requiring a lot of extra paperwork throughout the yeah, whole process. Paperwork. Yeah, and right. it, it adds costs. It really does. And so that's something that the homeowner never directly sees. It's not a nicer granite countertop, <laughs> you know. And just to be clear. Sims and Co is a custom home builder. You're not building larger 
you know, tracks or even smaller tracks for that matter. You're doing single homes at a time. Yep, that's correct. Okay. Commissioned one at a time, which okay. is, again, back that's to good. that personal element. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you must know of the land that's coming up on the marketplace constantly because people are calling you saying, hey, I've got this land or I'm thinking of buying this land. Mm-hmm. You know, what would it look like? as far as getting a project done 12 months or 24 months and how much would it cost? Are you fielding those types of questions on a... Every day. Okay. It's it's actually a funny question that you bring up because you know, I've got the projects that I'm working on that are in um, pre-construction. You know, we're... Uh, it's, we, we always tell people roughly plan um, a year okay. of planning and a year for construction. Of course, those timelines fluctuate significantly, but uh, leaving enough time for the planning and permitting process, of course. The permitting process can take three to five months if you don't have any significant flags. Mm. And uh, so leaving that that much time. We need to take a commercial break. We're going to do this one more time. Um, but it's just just a couple minutes here. We're going to take a quick commercial break, thank our sponsors, get a, time, or get a chance to regroup here, and then we'll be back um, to hear more from Jessica Steely from SEMS and Co. Builders. I do want to remind you really quickly, if you have any questions about building or about financing a build, give us a call here at the show. We're, we're live. We'd be happy to take your call. 543-8830. 543-8830. We'll be right back with more Mortgage Matters. To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. What a state of generosity. Look what my agent got for me. Just by switching to State Farm. A few hundred unexpected bucks. I couldn't ask for more. But now I've got to figure out what I should use it for. A new bike would be radical, but maybe something practical like a pet baboon with one robotic arm. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you could save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Hi, this is Jason Grody at Central Coast Lending, host of Mortgage Matters on KVEC. Let me and my staff of mortgage experts help you buy your next home. We promise to close on time, on budget, with no surprises. Give Central Coast Lending a call today. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. 
Okay, we're back for the last half hour here. Welcome back to Mortgage Matters. Dan Podesto, Mike Points, and we're here with our very entertaining guest, Jessica Steely, president of Sems & Co. We were just, right before the commercial break, we were just getting into um, new land and, and building on land and how the new construction works. And um, before we, we let our sponsors talk, you were saying how you get a lot of calls and every, every situation's different, but tell us a little bit more about the type of conversations that start when like, hey, we're ready to start building construction. Is it just, what do we do next? Or do they try to get into the conversation with you about the whole project? Or tell us about what your normal, you know, first meeting is with someone who wants sure. to build new construction, So uh, I get calls on a daily basis. People saying, let's say, hey, uh, my husband and I are thinking about building a new home. Just okay. uh, so we get a lot of people who are just trying to educate themselves, mm. and that's kind of fun. Why I'm here today, I get to share a little bit of that. Um, so, a big part of it is people understand cost per square foot. That's a very common discussion. Okay, so I'm looking at two twenty-five to three hundred dollars a square foot. And that's for a quality custom home. You can go out, you can find something for uh, $160 a square foot, but you get what you pay for. And I I b believe in my company's product that there are corners we will not cut. Mm. So anyhow, you talk about that. Okay, and, and I think everyone's really comfortable with that idea, cost per square foot. But then you start to think about the individual application. Where is this house going to be? Right. So you now you're you're talking about the lot specifically. And there are things that you need to consider that add to that cost per square foot. Let's say, is it on a slope? Where's the building mm -hmm. pad? Mm -hmm. So um, building on a slope, obviously, you have significantly more grading costs. How far away is the road from the house pad? Because that's a driveway you're going to have to put in there. And Cal Fire has very strict requirements on driveways, mm -hmm. turnouts and turnarounds and widths and uh, what it's paved with, depending on this, how steep it is. So uh, that's a big one. Of course, the all favorite topic these days is water, right? So mm -hmm. uh, yeah. are you going to be able to get a meter? And meters in the county right now, if you're on most municipal systems, they run $20,000. Or you have to drill a well, right? So a well, to drill a well, it's about 30 bucks a foot deep. And then you've got a, a couple thousand dollars for setup and then another $10,000 for tanks and pumps. So those costs really start to add up. Then you're, you're talking about septic systems. You're mm. talking about the permit costs and then the cost to design and engineer this thing. Someone is going to have to pay to do that. Uh, you know, you're going to have to hire someone to do that. Right, exactly. So looking at all these costs holistically and your number, your $230 a square foot, this number that you're like, okay, I've got a 2,000 square foot house, you know, $230 a square foot. I'm comfortable with that number. Well, there's so much more than just that number. Right. Plus... I tell all my customers, hey, keep a contingency in your back pocket, right? Don't don't budget all the way to your max. Right. And that's, I guess, from a lending perspective, that's something that you yeah. not only encourage, but mandate. Let me chime in. Yeah, we when we do new construction loans at Central Coast Lending, um, we, as part of the budget that our lender looks at before they lend out the cash or agree to do the draw schedule to lend out the cash is that you have to have a 10% contingency budget if all the utilities are turned on. If not, it can be an additional 5 to 10%. So 15 to 20% of the budget needs to be set aside for the, oops, 
we need to switch for this or it's going to cost more for that. And that'd and be you, hard to qualify for that correct. extra 15%. You stack that on to an $800,000 dream home and we're talking about, what is that, $160,000 in addition that we'd have to work in. You know, mm-hmm. what's going to go? Right. Now that fifth bedroom is no longer a thing. you got to budget for a contingency budget. So anyways, I wanted to add in, yeah, that's definitely a factor, mm-hmm. whether you're buying with cash or financing it through a bank. Do you have an idea of how many people that are that you're working with that are building new homes are using cash versus financing? It's probably close to half and half. And to be really honest with you, it's people kind of keep their finance cards close to them. You Do you, yeah, I was curious. Mm-hmm. Do you not get into that so much? If the bank is funding the loan directly, because, well... Actually, that's not true. If if a bank, if we're working with a, a lending company, then we know that we have to fill out all their paperwork, and you know, there's a, there's a lot of criteria. People keep that close because they don't want to let you know that they have all this extra money right. that you could be charging them. Right? Is that the well? Is that the fear? Well, hopefully, we created this stressful relationship. <laughs> right. But yes, yes, I think that's part of it. Oh, that's so funny. Right. You're not asking for account numbers and things like that. But, you know, but um, how many, that's a great question, Dan, about, uh, you know, who's financing versus cash. I all, I want to know how many of these people own the land before um, they call you? Like, huh? And that's, that's an interesting question. I'd say um, a small percentage of people already own, the already land. own it. Most are out there trying to educate themselves as far as the first call is concerned. Okay. And then once they have the property, then it's okay. Well, I know what my budget is. I own this land. How are we going to reconcile the two if the budget's tight? So our job is then to come up with a program that meets their budget, whether it means a reduced numbers of square footage figures or Mm. simplified design or finishes. But you know, everyone's got their program and most often we can work within it. And that's, pretty rewarding also moving parts lots of moving parts (laughs) in what you do i cannot even imagine yesterday i went to lowe's up in paso robles um just trying to put together a landscaping scheme you know and i'm like i take all these plants out i've got them in the middle of the aisle with my wife and my in-laws and you know people are walking by like what are these people doing and i can only imagine that took us like 45 minutes plus you know conversations back and forth this color that color this you're doing a whole house you're working with acreage. You're, like you said, satisfying other entities like Cal Fire, the city, et cetera, et cetera. I would think it's important for you to understand where your your client is with regards to cash and the ability to change work orders and have financing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, Dan and I want our listeners to know that we do new construction loans at Central Coast Lending. W- what that means is we don't just give you a construction loan and say, go build that dream house. We actually sit down with your clients, our mutual clients and say, um, when you're done, we're going to give you a 30 year mortgage to pay for this all. You're going to be able to pay off the construction loan. You're not going to be stuck in a, a loan forever with a variable interest rate after you build this house. We we can do a 30-year, a 15-year, different types of loan products to give them assurance that when this is all done, they can actually sit back every month and afford the payment. So you'll do the construction loan and the um, turnover loan or turnout loan? What do you call take it? Out. The take out. The take, take out. out loan. Yeah. I messed that up for a while. I there's two different, <laughs> as far as construction loans go, there's two different paths to go down. There's the one-time close where it's all wrapped into one one closing process it's there's a 
there's a period for the construction, but then it automatically rolls into the permanent financing without having to do a new loan transaction. That sounds pretty great. Or there's the two-time close. And it right now, the there, I would say construction lending is still pretty limited yep. um, compared to what it was pre-recession. Uh, so right now, it's it's really limited by loan amount, the the lower loan amounts. When you're within that Fannie Mae conforming loan limit, that's when you have that one-time close opportunity. Mm-hmm. If you're going into more of the the larger loan um, needs and those things, then you're looking at a two-time close process where you're getting a construction loan. And then at the conclusion of construction, you're having to do the takeout financing and then get that's when you're getting the permanent financing. And in that um, scenario, that's where we're going through a thorough pre-qualification because part of getting the construction loan is pre-qualifying for the takeout. There has to be some assurance that you're going to qualify at the end of the project for the final financing um, before you get the construction financing. And you can help a customer through both of those. Yeah. Yeah. We basically are planning for the final loan before they even get the first loan. So yeah, it's a and that's pretty great. There the There's a lot of um, local lending agencies that will just do construction loans. That's pretty common. But then they don't want to have the mortgage and, you know, they just don't want it. And um, well, they're not set up really to do even maybe do these types of takeout mortgages mm-hmm. you know, or they just don't. It doesn't fit their portfolio. Exactly. That's a big part of it. That's you know? the, what we hear a lot. So for my clients that do need a loan and that's really common also in I'm supposed to be able to bring them that information as well because that's part of the program, right? So I give them recommendations about where to go. So this is, it's great to know that you offer both. Sure. You can really counsel them through both um, because you know it's it's an unfortunate situation. I've only had it happen once, but where our client actually had a really hard time finding a takeout loan after they had their construction loan mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. A great house, really wonderful, but um, they made a lot of unusual investments mm-hmm. in their home. And so unfortunately, appraisals haven't really come full circle with um, really keeping up. You know, just now they're starting to recognize solar electric panels, right? So right. it's uh, before they're, is basically uh, a cost that the client invested in or the homeowner invested in that the appraiser wasn't giving any value to. And so for them to be able to get their takeout loan and um, so to, to give bring that assurance to the table, it's one less thing that someone has to worry about. Yeah, the dreaded over-improved home. That's, <laughs> that's what we call that. Whoa. Over-improved, meaning it's just, it's not conforming to what the rest of the neighborhood offers. So unfortunately, the... The construction quality may be great. There may be all these great amenities, but it's so, so above and beyond the rest of the homes in the neighborhood that it's hard to comp when you're mm-hmm. when you're when the appraiser's doing their job that they're not able to give the value mm-hmm. um, because someone looking in that neighborhood, you know that that's just a bonus, but that's not what the market offers. So it's hard to put value on that. Mm-hmm. So it is it's a tough thing. I've the most extreme case I ever saw was a home in Cayucas, a beautiful home, um, but I, I know the the homeowner spent like three, nearly three and a half million dollars on it. It appraised for one point seven. Oh wow! So talk about an over improvement. Luckily, they had lots of cash and could, you know, justify it in their financial world. So that I worked for them, but. For a lot of people, that that could be a problem, and you you saw it firsthand. It yeah. sounds like yeah, definitely. So let me just recap really quick. One of the things that we can help with is we can help the, acquire the land with a loan if the if the construction plans are in place. 
Um, listeners, we can also help you if you want to go into the property, purchase it with all cash because you need to. A lot of these escrows are quick. We can help you as soon as you, after you purchase the land with cash, we can help you sit down in the next couple of months and make a construction plan, learn what the loan to value will be, and pull some money out of that acquisition you just made. Um, the last thing we just want people to know about is that you know we're looking to work with people just like Jessica out in the business the business world here in San Luis Obispo. It only makes sense for our borrowers to be able to get advice from you, Jessica. You know, understand you know what the full process is going to be, but also kind of a check and balance. Talk to your finance guy. You know, sit down with Dan or I and be able to understand what this is really going to cost you. I had lunch with a gentleman on Tuesday. Excuse me, Thursday at Mother's Tavern here in San Luis Obispo. And when I showed him what his monthly cost was gonna be, he said, oh, we gotta build a smaller house. Like, that's <laughs> just too much. I'm, I'm not gonna work for another 20 years. I won't. <laughs> right. And I was like, okay, well, I'm glad we had this meeting. And was know? that before he'd started any real design work or anything? Yeah, he owns the property. He actually has seller finance on it, which um, something we, we can pay off seller finance um, before we go into the construction process. But yeah, he's just kind of, getting traction now. And that's a perfect time to actually have that conversation because what happens so often is, for example, we'll get brought in um, early, early on before there's any design and we can really help um, from a green build perspective kind of influence the design, but also cost-wise. So um, when you, in, in the case that you just described, it really empowered him to not spend a bunch of time and energy and money mm-hmm. with an architect really coming up with this Correct. ideal design before he knew what he could qualify for. So that just reinforces my perspective that it's really important you bring the whole team together as early as possible. Yep. Completely off topic. I just have to say, I have the website, the, the Sems & Co. website up on my computer the whole time we've been that's talking. Still, and that's, still on that's why you see my eyes keep going down. I'm seeing all these beautiful homes just scrolling across the the top of the the website screen here and it's just amazing um amazing stuff that i'm seeing beautiful homes the portfolio is pretty full and quite a variety of styles too i'm seeing a spanish style you know um something that looks a little more craftsman here some modern more contemporary design um just beautiful homes um across all all spectrums of of styles and it's it's Really quite amazing. You guys, if anyone's listening and interested, um, you can go to the website. It's semsco.com, S-E-M-M-E-S-C-O.com. Usually we do this at the end, but if you could offer out your contact information, anyone who might be interested. How can our listeners get in touch with you, Jess? Oh, uh, you can give us a call at our office. It's 805-466-6737. Or you can um, go to our website, and there's email addresses there. My my email's there. Um, new, you know, if you're interested or have any questions about construction costs. As I said, I, I get calls daily, and I'm really happy to take them. So, you know, if you're interested, give us a call. We'll just talk. It's really no commitment necessary. We do a lot of front-end planning just for the sake of it, you know, to help folks out. But, um, yeah, I'm really proud of our website. We, uh, It's, you know, 30 years of work there. My construction teams are really, they're really talented. They know what they're doing. They, they love what they do. We've all come together because we believe in our values and our mission of really building better buildings. So it's a lot of fun. And um, we get a lot of calls because of the website. You know, people just start searching builders in the area and they see our portfolio. And for any business person, uh, architect, contractor, anyone, it's, it's amazing. Your website really is your first impression. You know, it's, it's, 
Yeah, first. it's so important anymore yeah. that, that that's kind of your business card. It is. It really <laughs> is the, funny. People always do a background check before they call. <laughs> they should. They should. It's all out there. Um, hey, folks, if you would like to call in, um, we'll we'll take your call here live on the air. You can ask Jim a question or share a comment. 543-8830. We do have to take the final commercial break of the show. And uh, we'll be back to wrap things up here on Mortgage Matters. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. To ask a question, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending, Central Coast Lending. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is locally owned and operated with locations in Paso, Morro Bay, San Luis Obispo, and Arroyo Grande. Central Coast Lending, the mortgage experts. The state of denial is a drag and a trial. When I bought my cheap insurance, should have known this day would come. Now I've had an accident and I'm feeling quite alone. Called them at least 20 times, but they won't pick up the phone. Without personal service, my policy's kind of worthless. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. We are really enjoying our conversation today with Jessica Steely from Sems & Co. Builders. They're a custom home and green builder here on the Central Coast. They do remodels, too. <laughs> um, good pitch there. Yeah, you like Thank that? You. I'm just taking it right off the website. Oh, yeah. It's a good All website. Right. Um, we do have just about 15 minutes, so if you're looking to get in a call to our building expert, you can do so by calling 543-8830. Otherwise, we're just going to keep talking because we're having right. fun. That's why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> so earlier you were talking about building timeline and two years, two mm -hmm. years was a good expectation. I'm curious. I find that, or I hear stories, I should say, because I'm not building homes everywhere. 
Um, I don't have that kind of money. Oh, that's too bad. But I hear of these horror stories getting through planning. Is two years the norm in every city in the county, or does it vary widely by city? No, um, it does not. Each each city has its own process and its own authority and all this. But uh, for the most part, the turnaround time is pretty consistent unless your project ends up needing some special Unless it's non-conforming. Agency. Exactly. So if you have a ton of grading, for example, or you're grading on really steep slopes, then you have to get what's called a minor use permit. And that actually can kick you into this whole... Um, CEQA deal and there's a lot of additional requirements. You might be in view shed corridors. No one wants to uh, the county doesn't want to see your house from certain highways. So there are situations which can add a lot of front end timing. Um, right now I'm dealing with someone, uh, one of my clients and their, um, their lot ended up being it was illegally subdivided 40 years ago. They've been paying property taxes on it for 40 years and it's got an APN number, but when we went to pull our building permit, planning said, no, I'm sorry, this needs to be legally subdivided. So they tell me that's gonna take six months. So now my client who sold his home in Sacramento to move down here, which actually, uh, if I would have met you before, I think that we would have been able to help them get a loan so they didn't have to sell their home so early in Sacramento. Because we see that a lot where one person's selling their their home in a different community and coming here where it's gorgeous and we you know maybe they're retiring or maybe they're going to telecommute but um so they're selling they're having to sell one home to build this one and so it'd be interesting to know what sort of kind of products or how you would handle a situation like that there's many different ways to handle that yeah but we, i mean you if you want us to talk about that now we can but you don't have a short answer my short answer <laughs> is well yes we it can depends yeah <laughs> oh yeah that's it's a, a more so okay here's my answer more so than not we get referred to people because other loan officers haven't qualified them correctly where we can we can show through different assets or different loan programs we have that they can keep the house they have and move into another house, whether it be a purchase situation where they don't want to go into offer saying, oh, I, I will make an offer contingent, their offer will look better. Or maybe it's just for planning sake, like I don't want to be stuck in a situation where I sell my home and I have to rush to get a home. A lot of times, you know, Jason Grody in our office and I sit down on these types of, uh, I said this was going to be a quick answer, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we can do this. Um, and many times it's mainly because of programs and the knowledge we have of how to work with the borrower's assets and debt to income ratio. And I think it's just so important, you know, because now, as I was saying, so my customer, they sold their house in Sacramento, they relocated here, they're renting. Yeah. And now they're going to have to rent for an additional six months longer than they had originally anticipated. And that's kind of an extreme story, but it's it happens. And so that's when it comes down to the the authority or the jurisdiction, you know, they Mm -hmm. hopefully it's all predictable. But sometimes you come up with surprises and we just have to do our best to navigate through the system. And contrary to popular belief, they're not against you. You know, the, the building departments, they, they're there, they're supportive. We've been building here so long. We have really good relationships with all of them. And they've just created this like web of rules that we have to live within. And if you know the system and, and work with the people, respect the process, you can get through it pretty quickly. One of the criticisms I've heard, and again, this isn't firsthand, this is just stories, is that a lot of times people feel like they're running into the the planners who are 
using the rules to find out why your project won't work rather than a more open-minded perspective where they're seeing a good project and figuring out how can we make this work. It's just kind of that, you know, glass is half full versus half yeah. empty kind of I think optimist, it would maybe, Yeah, depend on the project, because to be really honest with you, I don't see that at all, ever. It's hmm. not the reality. Now, I don't there... think you ever see anything negative in a situation. <laughs> oh, hey, man, it happens. <laughs> it sure does. But, you know, you, you manifest, you know, you live the way you want to live. But um, there are situations I knew recently someone was trying to build a very contemporary structure in downtown San Luis near the railroad station. So there's a historical committee that has authority over what sort of design can go there and you know that's mostly volunteers all different people and they rejected the very contemporary design and so in certain cases i think that there may be um, alternative reasons maybe that the group or the individual thinks that the projects that should not happen and i'm not saying that never happens because i think it does well we've even seen it with things like the copeland project or you know some of the various like core downtown commercial or or multi-use type of projects that have gone up recently where they've had to go back for redesign mm -hmm. because there's this whole character issue. There's, you know, wanting to maintain the character of San Luis Obispo or the character of any other town um, yeah. that these these people are volunteers, but they they have an interest in maintaining the character of the community so that you don't have this weird eclectic um you know, building situation. Going. And that's a tough one. You know, that actually gets down to kind of the heart of certain politics because you're saying, okay, well, it's my land. I can do whatever I want with sure. it. <laughs> or there's the idea of the greater whole, the greater good. You know, we have our beautiful community here and it does have its charm. And um, you even see that in homeowners associations, right? It's, uh, yeah. I only want to see tile roofs or whatever, but they're really hoping to kind of preserve the property value of the greater area. Um, so, so it's a, it can get a really, it become a really heated topic that's fun to have with certain people. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you're doing green building, does that make a project go faster or slower or does it not really impact the timeline? Like when, when planners see a green project coming through, are they like more willing to, to streamline that through because when they see you're a exceeding project. You know? that's <laughs> oh, I'm sure uh -huh. I, I don't doubt that at all. You have those relationships. I think yeah. that's one of the, the big advantages of working with a builder rather than trying to take on a project like that on your own is that you know the process and you know the people and you're able to um, work with them in a in a different way than just someone who's doing their first run at it. Yeah, it's true. You know, it's like you don't have to do it, learn everything yourself. You don't have to do everything the hard way. All yeah. the learning curves have, <laughs> there's a lot of them out there, right? Why well, have to <laughs> tackle them all yourself? But um, yeah, the green building thing is an interesting question. We just, uh, over the last three years now, the county has what they've deemed their green building ordinance, and that's above and beyond Cal Green, which is the California Green Building Code. So uh, the county has actually been really progressive in that regard. And Yes, they are very supportive of green building and they've so much so that now there's requirements for submitting checklists and now you have to have it commissioned to prove that you did the things that you said you were going to do. And part of that's, again, the California Energy Code, which is now encompassing water and um, and then our local green building ordinance. But all in all, it's just trying to get people to build smarter, you know, good insulation. 
that's kind of the basic uh, windows that don't leak. I mean, we have a lot of housing stock here in our county that is over uh, built before 1970. And those homes have been tested. Uh, we've done some studies with a local nonprofit, Slow Green Build, and those homes, they use a huge amount of energy. So uh, I, I do want to make a, a note here before the end of the hour that um, maybe building from the ground up brand new isn't for you. And and it's expensive to do that. You're paying a premium. It's like a brand new car, right? And you right. drive it off the lot and there's a depreciation value that's associated with that. So buying an existing home and whether you're just going to improve its performance so that it's not going to leak really bad and it'll be, you know, more efficient, um, or even doing a significant remodel, a lot of times that's going to be a more economical approach for someone. So I just, I, I think that um, that's not someone's first thought when they think, oh, I want a custom home. Well, hey, we can really do a huge adaptation of an existing structure and it often pencils better. People yeah. get freaked out by the, that upfront cost, but they don't think about the ongoing maintenance, which is, we see that even in, in just new home buyers buying existing homes. They don't, they don't anticipate all the maintenance that goes into it. You're not done after you buy the home. It's not like you just get to live there and, you know, you never have to worry about it. Like when you were renting, now you've got yourself a lifetime of weekend projects. I today. just oh. got a text message from my wife. We're meeting you at the stone shop. <laughs> I thought they were going to be done planning by the time you got. No, them. no, they're not. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's true. People, if they think longer term about the bigger picture doing something more more comprehensive from the get-go might save them a lot of headache down the line mm -hmm. and they can enjoy more of their weekends yeah 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 I guess <laughs> that's pretty fun. yeah right we can come and sit in this room and there we go talking to the mic on Saturdays it's good so well, what else what haven't we talked about that we should be that we should know about Sems and Co Oh, Sems and Co. We're Do you have um, any final thoughts for us? Oh, We're approaching deep, that deep time. Thoughts. <laughs> um, again, you know, I'd say it's important educate yourself, ask the questions. There's no there's no stupid questions. Just, you know, ask them and bring your team together early. It's a, a transparency is a good thing. You don't have to be defensive. You hired these professionals to guide you through, so you don't have to do everything the hard way the first time here, and um, and it'll be a smooth process. And I'd say try to enjoy yourself mm. because it's a it's a big investment, and um, yeah. So it's a slice of utopia to be able to build your own ooh, home. A yeah. slice of utopia in California, I like that one. in San Luis Obispo. I mean, that's that's cloud nine for me. That's on the bucket list. It's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in the process of uh, buying a teardown. Are you? Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. It's like, okay. Ooh, well, you I get to be your own client. By all means, <laughs> right? I'm actually doing a 203K loan. Are you? Yeah. So I'll be able to get, it's not the streamlined one. It's a. It's a, the full. Yeah. The full. Yeah. It's, she needs a lot of love. She's been condemned for like the last eight cool. years, but it's, it's a great opportunity, you know, and um, the water meters there, the septic connections or the sewers there. So it's a, it's for me, it's a really good opportunity to to kind of bring the community back to life too, yeah. you know? And let's be honest, create some real equity for yourself. Yeah. That's the goal anyway. Yeah. Right. That's right. Cool. Well, one last time, tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you if they have questions, Jessica. All right. Our phone number is 466-6737. That's 805. And then you can find us on the web at semsco.com that's s-e-m-m-e-s-c-o.com and uh or you can type in green builders on the central coast in google and you'll find us there too 
Very cool. Very cool. Thank you for being a great guest today. We really appreciate having you. Thanks. Jessica mentioned 203k loans and you were talking about those earlier too. How about that? That's hmm. pretty cool. That's that, that's yeah. how it works. I mean, it's, it's it's a very good product. It's something that warrants you looking into. And once again, happy to just talk openly with you about how this product works, how maybe you and your spouse or you and your family could take advantage of a house that more or less looks like the scar in the neighborhood. <laughs> Scar Oftentimes, those scars present great opportunities. The face, they, there's an opportunity Absolutely. to um, to build a little jewel in that neighborhood and, and to do so without having to just come out of pocket with cash, mm-hmm. which oftentimes is the case when you're when people are thinking about construction. The, the financing hasn't been there the last few years. It's starting to come back, but not to the full extent that it used to be. Mm-hmm. These rehabilitation loans are a great way to... Um, to find that diamond in the rough and and restore it to that diamond-like quality. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So it's something that we do, whether it's the 203K or the Fannie Mae home style, there's a lot of different ways to approach that type of project. Um, Mike's an expert on these things. He'd be happy to talk to you about um, those different opportunities. If you're just a home buyer not just if you're a home buyer or a homeowner and you have any questions about your financing if you've been thinking about refinancing um, but not quite sure that it makes sense give us a call we're low pressure Um, we like i said very early in the show there's no incentive to steer you into one loan program versus another the only desire is to help you weigh out the pros and cons of the different options that um, that you might have and, and help you figure out what's the right one for you. So that's what we do as a, as a company. That's our philosophy. Yeah. Fiduciary responsibility is high up on the list of our values. We just, there's just so many things we could lead. I mean, this is a 30 year loan. We could lead you the wrong way. We want to make sure that we do it right. And we enjoy doing it. We have fun doing it. You can give us a call during the week at any one of our offices. It's the same phone number rings all offices, 805-543-LOAN, 543-5626. You can find us on the web at centralcoastlending.com. If you're just ready to get the process going, we have a very easy online loan application. Go to centralcoastlending.com and click the apply now link. It takes about 10 minutes. It's very easy. Have a great Thanks weekend, for being everybody. with us. Have a great weekend, and we will be back next week. 